0: This is a Federal News Network podcast.
1: By the numbers alone, the Defense Innovation Unit says it continues to prove its value. But beyond the numbers, DIU officials say they're meeting the goals the Pentagon laid out for them back in 2016. They're lowering the barriers for non-traditional companies to bring their advanced technology to the Defense Department. Mike Madsen is the deputy director of the DIU. He tells Federal News Network's Jason Miller about what he considers DIU's 2021 successes and how they bring value to the warfighters.
0: We've delivered eight commercial solutions, uh, bringing our cumulative total to 35 since 2016 when we uh, started. We have awarded 279 contracts, and we brought in about 240 non-traditional vendors. So these are vendors who historically evaluated the defense marketplace and said, no thanks, it takes too long, it's too difficult, it's too complex. And we were able to work with them and bring them in. Uh, But especially exciting for us is that we've published in in the last year, we've published 26 solicitations for commercial solutions. So what that tells me is that we have proven our value to our DoD partners as a way to rapidly bring in that commercial technology to bear on DoD problems and provided more return on investment to them. But also, we have received a total of over 1,100 company proposals, uh, which is a 10% increase from last year and an average of about 43 proposals per solicitation. So what that tells me also is not only have we proven value to our DOD partner, but we're proving value to our commercial partners as well uh, as a way to simplify that process of working with the department. So we're, we're very excited about that. The
1: 240 nontraditional vendors, let's talk about that measure because we hear a lot about non-traditionals when it comes to OTAs. And then when you start digging into those OTAs, and, and, and specifically, you go, oh, well, that's make up the, the company. Lockheed Martin won that one. Oh, Accenture won that one. Oh, Booz Allen won that one. And those are obviously traditional contractors. So how are you how are you ensuring that these are truly folks who have not done business? I think it's in the last year or something to that effect. I think there's a specific definition.
0: Look, modernization of the department is going to take all players, whether it's traditional vendors, non-traditional vendors, small business, systems integrators, and we want to work with all those folks that want to help us modernize the department. Our authority to operate uh, from Congress specifically cites non-traditional vendors, but it also provides provisions uh, to work with uh, traditional vendors. As we look across those number of companies that we work, work with, an overwhelming majority, 75% are small businesses. And then about a third are folks that have never done business with DoD at all, and then we have another majority that are in fact the non-traditional companies. So yeah, while we do target and work with the non-traditionals largely, uh, we do have provisions to work with uh, all players in the defense ecosystem.
1: I think generally speaking, you have to right. There's no one going to say you can't work with these big companies. I, I guess Mike, I just wanted to put put some clarification around. When you use the term non-traditional, for some people, it may be very specific meaning like, oh, well, um, company X that's never done DOD work or any federal work before is non-traditional, but company Y that did work for DOD in in 2013 but hasn't done one, doesn't really done much since then, but they have a GSA contract or something, are they non-traditional? So I just want to put a finer point on it so folks understand how you guys look at it, because 240, or or the number sounds... uh, great but but sometimes people go they maybe start scratching their head
0: Uh, yes jason as you mentioned we use the far definition for non-traditional company Uh, but as i mentioned we also pull in companies that have never done business uh, at all with dod and then uh, again about 75 percent are small business companies which uh, we find are oftentimes where the innovation is taking
1: place And I think that number is is important because so much of this is being done on that bleeding edge, cutting edge by the small business. The other numbers I just want to touch upon too is eight commercial solutions delivered, 35 since 2016. Give me a sense of what some of those eight were in in 2021 and and how did it impact DoD mission?
0: Yeah, so of those eight, we had three in our cyber portfolio, one in our artificial intelligence portfolio, three in responsive launch in our space portfolio, and one in our autonomy portfolio for counter UAS. And that's, you know, DIU is structured around six tech focus areas. So we've uh, transitioned in four of those uh, areas. And one thing to uh, to note is we did shift our, our annual report, we did shift to a uh, fiscal year instead of a calendar year. But also what we have noticed is the magnitude of the contracts has increased. So while the number may have decreased just slightly, what we have noticed is the the magnitude and the strategic importance of these transitions has increased significantly. And even looking uh, get a quick vector check mid, we're not even quite to mid the FY22 yet, and we've already seen about $1.5 billion in contract ceiling awarded already. So again, we're on pace
1: to have a higher magnitude of contract value in FY22. Do you get a sense of why the... the- dollar figures are going up? Is it bigger projects? Is it more money to be spent?
0: <laughs> yeah, so I think it's uh, the strategic importance and the size of these and the ability to scale across the department. And in fact, that's one of our go as we've developed. We were able to very early on show that we could rapidly prototype technology and bring it into the department. But then what we did is we stopped looking for the one-offs and we started looking for the the projects and the problems that would scale across the department or platforms to truly transform the capability and capacity of the department. But I think this increased value is a manifestation of seeing some of the work of our defense engagement team that's charged with the the business development or the sales portion of it, uh, the success that they're having with scaling across the department. And again, also the strategic importance of some of these projects now. Uh, you know, we're talking about installation counter UAS, you know, just even Thinking about that on the surface, thinking about all the military installations across the world and bringing this capability to bear uh, and the strategic importance uh, of that. And that's just kind of an indication of, of what we're seeing as we further uh, sort of developed.
1: That ability to scale across the DoD, I'm seeing that a lot with a lot of projects in, in very similar organizations <laughs> outside of obviously D, DIU. I think DHS and their. Innovation Lab, not the same thing as DIU at all, but but that same concept. Uh, obviously DHS SNT and some other things. Is that also causes you all to get more solicitations because folks are saying my problem is similar to that person's problem? And as I talk to my colleagues, we're co- kind of coming together as what a potential solution that would benefit all of us. Is that another reason why maybe some of the there's more solicitations are coming in or more requests, at least for your for your help?
0: That's a great point. And, and I'll take it a little bit further. I think it's not only the point that you tease out, but I think it's also showing the comfort that the department is gaining with using OTs. You know, you look back 10 years ago or even less, and there was uh, some apprehension about uh, understanding how to use OTs were the best case to use other transaction authority would be. And of course, that's an authority that has been granted to the government since the 50s. And we've only really gotten back to that as a, a authorized way to procure goods for uh, the department. So I think that it's an increasing comfort with uh, the department using those. But then it's also, I think, a, a mark of a recognition that DIU does lower those barriers to entry. That we do recognize uh, the complexity of the process and we try to simplify that. Uh, that we recognize the time and dollars uh, that vendors commit when they do submit proposals and so we we recognize that we try to minimize the time that in fact we look to award a prototype contract in 60 to 90 days right now we're running about 100 days on that but that's still light years ahead of traditional contracting and companies see that and recognize the value that they're going to get either a a fast yes or no Um, and then if the answer is no then they can move on and if it's yes they continue uh, in the process,
1: we talked a lot about non traditional companies. So, what's your message to them? What, what should they take from this report?
0: Well, the method beneath the lines is um, we want to work with you, help us. Uh, we're laser focused on speed, we're laser focused on becoming a sophisticated partner for our commercial partners uh, and delivering uh, impactful solutions to the department. We want to continue lowering those barriers to entry to the defense marketplace. We we talked about the time and the money, but, you know, we also want to consider the next, what are the next generation of barriers to the defense marketplace that are going to pop up? And and we can only fully understand those by continuing to engage in in those conversations with our our commercial uh, partners.
1: Mike Madsen, Deputy Director of the Defense Innovation Unit, speaking with Federal News Network's Jason Miller. Check out Jason's story at federalnewsnetwork.com.
2: Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA, and today I'm thrilled to be joined by Melissa Bradley, the founder and managing partner at 1863 Ventures, an investment company focused on bridging entrepreneurship and racial equity
3: She was a staunch advocate around rights for renters. Um, we were not in a financial position that we actually ever owned a home, uh, but she made sure that people who lived in various types of housing
2: as a company grows, WEPA is growing as well. And you are so spot on. We have, as as leaders, we have to let go and trust those people that work for us and empower them to do their job and then let them roll. And that's not always easy.
3: Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure.